Hello, 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 and welcome into episode number 54 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. Happy Saturday, happy Saturday indeed. Uh, <laughs> it remains, excuse me, a good thing I'm recording alone. No one's around me to catch my aerosol droplets. Um, uh, Boston is a frozen tundra is what I was trying to say yet again. It is perpetually 25 degrees and is perpetually... Uh, snowing outside, although at least our power works. Uh, I learned a lot this week about the Texas power grid, uh, way more than I ever thought I would know, and my prevailing takeaway is it's amazing how (laughs) Republicans just distract, distract, distract. Oh, our power grid is totally effed up. Let's blame the wind turbines, even though that wind accounts for like 7% of the power on Texas's grid. Just distraction after distraction after distraction. And I say that because it ties into the main point I want to hit in the monologue here today. Of course, you can find the Sports Kiki podcast wherever you can find your favorite outsport shows, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, where they're. Uh, there's so much going wrong in the country right now, right? The pandemic is still raging. The vaccine rollout is going disastrously in most states. Uh, schools are still not open in so many areas of the country. There's so much poverty. We've lost 10 million jobs at least since the start of the pandemic this week. The fine folks at McKinsey and Company, great people, but they did come out with a study that estimated millions of these jobs would never come back uh, along with 20% of business travel. It's just, it's a bleak landscape. There's so much we need to do. And what is galvanizing the grassroots on the right transgender participation in sports, and more specifically, transgender women participating in women's sports. Uh, This week at OutSports, one of our most popular stories was a piece we did a while ago about MMA fighter Fallon Fox, who's a transgender female competitor. Uh, We called her the bravest athlete in history, and randomly, This week, the Blaze, Glenn Beck's site, decided to aggregate it. I'm not quite sure how this came apart. They came across their radar so late, but they did. It was written by, uh, it was, uh, (laughs) I mean, really, it's unbelievable. This piece was written in mid-January by Sid Ziegler, and it's just uh, appearing on the Blaze now. But basically, they just rip on out sports and rip on Fallon Fox. Uh, They call us a prolific LGBTQ media outlet. I say thank you for that, and they go on and on and on and on, and then we get flooded with hate all week, and that's and that's how it goes, and you're seeing it in state legislatures all over the country. I think there are eight anti-trans bills in seven legislatures. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's just the next big distraction, you know, with the Biden administration in the White House, they repealed the Trump transgender military ban. They repealed a lot of the discrimination we saw against transgender people at the federal level. So now at the state level, they're fighting back. And it's the next boogeyman. That's all these people offer, just boogeyman after boogeyman after boogeyman. Fear, fear, fear. I mean, you cannot tell me that they truly care about the integrity of women's sports. Why do I say that? Because they mock women's sports every chance they get. This is just about discrimination. And I've said this before, and I will say it again. In my 13 months at OutSports, the one issue 
that attracts more venom than any other by far is this one, trans athlete participation. And why? Why? There's no discernible evidence that they hold competitive advantages. They just want to compete like everybody else. But with all these new bills being proposed in state legislatures, you're seeing a renewed focus on this issue when there are just so many more important things to take care of. So that's my soapbox for this week. Another story I enjoyed writing this week for OutSports, 800 German pro soccer players signed a letter pledging their support for LGBTQ athletes. There has never been an openly gay, active male soccer player in Germany, and uh, they want to change that, which is pretty cool. I mean, find me a more a stronger show of support than that. A letter with 800 signees, yeah, that's pretty good. And it shows us that the climate is changing, and that's how the climate changes, by people in the league, players in the league standing up and saying, we are ready, we are here to accept you, you don't have anything to fear from us. So we like to see stories like that as well. Who am I talking to this week? Well, I'm going into NASCAR. Yes, very natural for me. Going into NASCAR, I hate driving. I hate speeding any and even more. So decided to go to NASCAR. I know nothing about it, but it's an interesting story. Devin Rouse is a 22-year-old openly gay driver in NASCAR. The kid is making history. We profiled him last week. Our Carly Reb wrote a great piece on him. I highly encourage you check it out. If you haven't already, uh, Devin tested at the Daytona International Speedway earlier this year. He also plans to run in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series races this year. Uh, he's a rising star. And as I mentioned, he's 22. He's openly gay. He's fearless. So I talked to Devin about being a race car driver, being an openly gay race car driver, some misperceptions people like me may have about auto racing and NASCAR. Uh, it's pretty cool, and it's a total foreign world to me, as I mentioned, because, uh, well, let's see, it's snowing outside, and I'm not brushing off my car and have no interest to. <laughs> the less time I spend in my car, the better. So, and he's driving, I mean, this he was racing go-karts at 50 miles an hour and he, when he was like eight years old, okay? So, he's the real deal, and he's coming up on the other side. It's the Sports Kiki. Thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome back to the show. Now, I may be uh, a Yankee up here in Boston, as I was saying earlier, but uh, I am delving into the NASCAR world today with Devin Rouse. Maybe uh, Devin can teach me a thing or two. He's an openly gay NASCAR driver who tested at the Daytona International Speedway earlier this year. He also plans to run in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series races this year. And again, as I was saying in the opening, he was profiled on OutSports just last week. Devin, welcome to the Sports Kiki podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to talk with you. The story did really well, so glad to uh, get you on the show here and teach uh, teach me a little bit of something about what you do. And, I mean, let's just start with that. So you started racing carts as a four-year-old. You won six local track championships. Why racing? What what attracted you to the sport? So my dad actually was a racer. Okay. Uh, he he was a drag racer, and then all of his buddies were getting their uh, their kids into go-kart racing. So he's like, well, I'm going to do it too. And so that's kind of where it's all stemmed from. Um, I started the go-kart racing. It's 
technically I was three and then turned um, four very, very shortly after uh, that season and then continued to race go-karts from the age of, we'll just say, three to 13. And like you said, those last six years that I raced, uh, I was a six-year-in-a-row track champion. And during that time period, I only lost uh, three races. So we had go-karting down to what we thought was a T and decided it was time to move on and that I wanted to move on and pursue something more. So we uh, bought a Mod Light, and I raced those from the age 13 to 19. And then for my 17th birthday, uh, my parents called me down to our race shop, and they said, hey, we need your help down here. Can you come down to the shop real fast? I'm like, sure, I can do that. Well, I walk into the uh, I walk into the race shop, and there is a turnkey sprint car for sale, or uh, sitting there ready to go racing, and that was my birthday present was a sprint car for my 17th birthday and i've been racing sprint cars ever since and now diving into the nascar world so um how, how fast do these go-karts go that you went how far did they go when you were racing at like 13 um probably like i don't know i'd say 50 50 yeah i'd say wow so, <laughs> i mean that's insane so you were racing go-karts at 50 miles per hour before you could legally drive that's pretty awesome yeah, yep. I uh, I could literally go and wheel around a racetrack, and I wheeled around a racetrack in an actual big car before I even had my license. So, what about what? Do you like driving fast? I do. I do like driving fast. However, you wouldn't know it on the road. Yeah, I was gonna so ask what, what what kind of driver are you on on the real roads? I am a very like, I'm a freak about my vehicles. Like I keep everything nice clean pristine so i take immaculate care of my car i'm such an easy driver smooth not hard on it i'm hard on my race cars because that's what they're built for they're they're built to drive they're built to be race and be hard on do you what what how are you feeling after you get into the race car and uh go fast and beat it up a little bit do you get a, an adrenaline rush out of it what is what does it give to you um normally my adrenaline rush uh sets in just before I know I'm getting called to staging. So right before I climb into the car is when my adrenaline will really start pumping. And then once I'm, you know, I'm focused on getting buckled in, getting to staging. And then once I'm rolling onto the racetrack, that's when it's all kind of like, all right, well, here we go. So my heart starts thumping and it's go time. And, And I think I thrive off of that too. When I get that feeling, that edge, it's like, it's go time. Like, I'm out here to do my job. Let's go. And it's uh, and what about going fast really uh, appeals to you? I just love the G-force, the the feeling of it on my body, and and uh, really the unpredictability of it is one of those things that grabs me. You know, it's every time you step into the race car, it's different. Something different's gonna happen. I mean, it's it's. I don't like stuff that's always the same. You know, just like working that every day, nine to five, I could never work in a job to where it's just, you literally sit there and do the exact same thing every day. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a routine, but I couldn't sit there and do the same continuous thing day after day. And that's the nice thing about racing is it's always new drivers, different tracks, different, especially in the dirt world, you know, different track surfaces. It's just, there's all these different factors that make it so fun. 
Um, and, and, and how do you and what's and what's your feelings on danger? Do you feel like you're in danger when you're in the car? Does that excite you? Are you a dare like daredevil? No. no. No, don't ever think of it. And people are like, well, you can die doing that. I said, yeah, you can die sitting there eating a French fry, too. But it's not going to stop me from living my life. I live my life to the fullest. And I literally take life by the horns and go with it. Yeah. I, I love to have fun with life. And I don't I don't see racing as a danger to me. Uh, I see it as a passion and a dream that I'm trying to go get. I'm just so interested in it because I mentioned I'm up here in Boston. What do you think is one... I'm sure there are many, but what is one or some of the bigger misconceptions that people have about auto racing, you think? That you just get in the car and go drive. Okay. I wish people understood all the stuff that comes into into motorsports alone behind the scenes. Like, people just don't have a clue. I mean, no clue what goes on behind the scenes and all the work that's done to prep you for actual racing to get in and just what people like to say, quote unquote, just go drive. What kind of work goes into it? So, you know, you have your off season, if you'd like to call it that. There is a, an off season where you're not driving, but a race car driver's work is never done. You're so focused on like for me doing the sponsorship stuff for the next year like that's what off season consists of is getting ready for the next year getting new sponsors getting connecting with the old ones reevaluating with how you did in the year and you know building your program yourself as a driver and your race you know either your team yourself as a driver and building to be better and more successful in the next year and to keep continuing to strive for success. I mean, it's never, you're never done. You've never reached mm-hmm. the top. You know, I mean, there's always more you can do. And I think that's another thing that I like and get out of it is that there's always more to go get. And I like that. I'm, I'm a go getter and I don't, I mean, I want to, you know, I want to say that I've reached the top and, and all that. And I'm nowhere close to reaching the top yet, but, you know, there's so many, you know, races, let alone whether it's Asphalt World, whether it's uh, Dirt World, whether it's, uh, I mean, anything. There's so many big races. I mean, look at Knoxville Nationals. Look at Talladega winning the Brian Clawson Memorial Race, winning now the Jason Johnson Memorial Race. Like, there are so many races that people don't even think of out there that it's like, I want to win that. I want to win that. Yeah. I want to win that. I want to win it, Eldora. How How about culturally? Are there any mis, mis, misconceptions culturally that people have about auto racing and NASCAR? Um, I mean, you're stereotyped. You know, most racers are stereotyped as you're, uh, you know, you're redneck. Right. Uh, brute, you know, to the man sport. I mean, that's the stereotyped image of racing. Have, um, you, have you found that, that that stereotype is reality or no? I mean, you know, if you're running at your local dirt track and you've got maybe your your class that's not, I don't want to say sophisticated, but a class that is not, like think of four cylinders or something like that. Like there's not a whole lot of money involved in those cars, you know, and so it's easier for 
more people to get into it because of the cost rather than somebody trying to get into sprint car late model racing you know it's, it's much more expensive and there's a lot more uh um, what's the word I want to use? There's a lot more wow, not wow, but there's a lot more to a sprint car than there is a four cylinder. Right. There's a lot more. So, you know, yeah, that stereotype, that, that stereotyped image can fit for maybe some certain things. However, the racing that I do, you know, and is getting into now, even coming from the sprint car level and going to do the stuff with NASCAR, I mean, the professionalism from going from the dirt track local sprint car driver to the Midwest dirt track driver to now traveling the country racing NASCAR, you know, there's a lot higher standards and a lot more things that uh, you need to be up to snuff on and, and ready for. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and so you came out in June in an Instagram post. We did the piece on you on Outsports. Uh, last week, as I was saying, um, what's the reaction been around the auto racing and NASCAR world since you uh, publicly came out? That was my biggest fear in coming out was the racing world. And I was so worried about altering any future endeavors with racing. But the whole racing world has been absolutely amazing. And so, you know, who's reached out to me, who I've talked to and whatnot. I mean, it's been I couldn't ask for any more. I mean, it has absolutely been great. Yeah, I'm sure I've got haters out there. And I'm, you know, people are, I mean, tell me that the only reason I'm getting a chance in this is because I'm gay and they need the diversity in motorsports. Well, yes, we do need the diversity in motorsports, but that's not the reason I'm out there. You don't just go pull some random gay person out of the world and throw them in a race car and say, hey, you're going to race NASCAR because we need diversity in the sport. That's, that's just not how that happens. You know, I'm there for a reason. I have the talent and skill to do it. And I've proved myself to have that and be able to go run at literally the largest stage for racing in America when I went and tested at Daytona last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And has it been sweeter since coming out all of your accomplishments on the track? Yeah, it has. It's just like I'm, I feel like I am more successful now that I can live my true life and be me. I'm Devin. I'm not living a double life of what people wanted me to in racing. And then my own personal life, when I wasn't around people and I could actually be who I was, but hidden, you know, it, it was just, it was so much to do and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I'm curious too about, to get back to, you can't just throw anybody in a car and expect them to, to race or do well. It's very physically taxing, right? Racing. Yeah, it is. And that's the going to Daytona, I wasn't, you know, that was really kind of like my first pavement deal. Yeah. I had tested the truck at Myrtle Beach before that, and it was cold. We really didn't get to open the truck up and do a whole lot. However, this was really my first time stepping onto a pavement stage, and <laughs> it being Daytona as well, you know, the G-forces on your body. I wasn't prepared for that when I went into the corner for the first time. And, I mean, it felt like my body was being flattened into the track. I mean, the G-forces really, and it's not just the G-forces, but it's the the amount of laps uh, with the pavement racing. But then Dirt World, too, you know, rough track conditions and constantly fighting, battling the car. You know, it's so much wear on your body that there's a lot you have to be, you know, quote-unquote, 
season four. Yeah. A lot of stamina, I imagine. Stamina, um, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm also curious about, you came out in June, obviously, during COVID, during the lockdowns. How do you think that the current time we're in did contribute to your decision to come out? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if COVID really had like the quarantine and stuff and sitting in really have a whole lot to do with it. I think that, um, for me, it was just, it had been 22 years and it was, I mean, it was time and yeah, I mean, maybe I, you know, during the lockdown had time to sit there and the thought would render and render and render more and you know and so maybe while sitting there in lockdown and in quarantine when i did have covid you know i'm, I'm sure you know it it definitely was there in my head but it, it was always in my head regardless of the situation or the time yeah only 22 wow what a, what a future and what's um what's uh, what's on tap for the rest of this year Devin? so I'm still going to, um, as of right now, my approval for all of NASCAR, um, obviously because I only have dirt experience, uh, my approval right now is I can run any track that is a mile and smaller. So for the truck series and ARCA series, that opens me up to, well, and road courses. I can do road courses as well. But that opens me up to, I think, 23 races for right now. Now, that's not to say that I don't go and have a couple really good races and they open me up for something else, you know. So it, it can very well change going throughout the year. But um, as of right now, what I'm approved for is 22 races um, with NASCAR. Nice. That's amazing. We'll be watching Devin Rouse. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Rouse 16 Devin, thanks for coming on the show, man. Enjoy the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> thanks for having me. I will. I didn't mention it while Devin was on the phone, but he was doing that interview while he was driving and eating spicy chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so that is a man who can multitask, let me tell you. So thanks to Devin for taking the time and coming on the show. As always, I say it, I mean it. If you have any thoughts on the show, any guest ideas, topic suggestions, let me know. My DMs are open on Twitter. My handle is at AlexRemer1. That again is at AlexRemer1. So long, and I'll talk to you next Saturday.